Intelligence. Energizing your email marketing with Kate Barrett. Brought to you by eFocus Marketing. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence. Today is our monthly Intelligence brand spotlight session, and I am absolutely thrilled to welcome Catherine Loftus, who is head of marketing at Trusted House Sitters. So, Catherine has been at Trusted House Sitters for over three years now and heads up their entire marketing department. So, Catherine, please do introduce yourself even better and let <laughs> us know how you're involved in email at Trusted House Sitters and what you do. Sure. Hi, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for asking me to feature today. So yeah, I'm here from Trusted House Sitters, which is quite a unique platform that connects pet owners with people who want to go pet sitting. Um, And we're in over 130 countries. And what makes us different is that um, the sitters and the owners know money changes hands between the two parties. So it means that pet owners get to benefit from a pet sitter who really wants to be there, um, who isn't being paid. And for the sitters, they get to enjoy a lovely experience looking after a pet anywhere in the world. So for example, I've looked after some cats in Switzerland, Germany, also here in Brighton, where we're based. Pet sitting can be a great way to kind of explore your own doorstep in a a different way. So that's what Trusted House Sitters is all about. And as you say, I head up our marketing team. Though I've come recently into the role of head of marketing, CRM and email marketing has been a massive part of my career to date. Um, So even dating before I started at Trusted House Sitters, uh, email marketing was a part of my roles in previous companies as well. a range of ESPs starting from MailChimp all the way through to we're using Salesforce Marketing Cloud now. Um, So I really started taking on the email marketing strategy about six months after I joined Trusted House Sitters. Um, The emails were going out, but there wasn't a huge amount of strategy in place around automation, programs, segmentation and personalization. So I've been able to, with the team, bring that um, out more at Trusted House Sitters, which has been great. Fantastic. So do you kind of have a hand in the other marketing channels as well? Or are you primarily email and CRM still? So largely, um, up until about six months or or so ago, I was um, mostly on CRM and email marketing, really email marketing. So we launched our app um, earlier last year, but we haven't explored a huge amount of push yet. So largely been email marketing. But in my role now, I'm looking after the full marketing mix. So brand and PR, we're dabbling in a bit of out of home at the moment, as well as the performance marketing channels um, and social. So across the full mix at the moment, but email is definitely has a place in my heart. Absolutely. Like <laughs> us all, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what does a typical day look like for you? How do you split your day between those different channels? You know, how does email sit within that overall marketing strategy for you? And how much of the time of the marketing department does it take up? So a typical day, um, so on a Monday, for example, we spend a couple of hours at the beginning of each week really digging into the performance of the week before. So on a channel basis, looking at sessions, users, conversion rate, what's changed um, week on week, what have we introduced that's caused a you know an uplift in performance or what do we really need to focus on this week. Um, so a huge amount of time is spent on really digging into that data and seeing what's going on. And in terms of the amount of time that email marketing takes in the team, 
we dedicate actually quite a lot of time to email marketing. So we've got um, a CRM exec within the team who's fully focused on our email programs. And then our two marketing assistants also help day to day with um, proofing and building campaigns. So there's emails being worked on every day, whether that's a send to go out um, that day or some additions or something that we want to test within our automated programs. So it's, yeah, definitely something that we've always got our eye on. Fantastic. So it sounds like it's a massive part of your business then. I mean, what would you do without email? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I really can't stress enough how important email marketing has been to us and not just from an acquisition point either. Um, so we are really lucky to have really, really engaged base of members. So the members of Trusted House Sitters, they take it really seriously, especially for our sitters. Many of them use it to travel full time. So being able to see the latest sits of the day that they want to snap up is so important to them. So we deliver uh, twice daily alerts to our sitters that go out in the morning and the evening, which give them the latest sits that um, have come on the platform that day. We approve about a thousand listings a day. Um, so those emails are quite big. Um, so we've looked at whether members really want to be getting those twice a day because it's a huge amount of volume, but they love it. They get really high open rates. So if we ever have a problem with one or one goes out late, the members will be on the phone saying, where's my daily alert? That's how important email marketing is to our members, which is, wow. yeah, which is, I mean, that's like a dream for an email marketer to have members that are so engaged. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, it's a huge acquisition channel for us, but also just the, the main way that we engage with our members based on a maths point of view through um, alerts and from a one-to-one -one point of view through um, kind of communication for our membership services channel as well. Fantastic. So it's a great community driver. It's informational. Yeah. Does it also generate that revenue stream for you as well? Does it help you to get those sits booked? Yeah, absolutely. So as I'm sure you can imagine, the trust, uh, trusted house sitters concept is quite unique. It requires quite a bit of education and there's some trust barriers that particularly pet owners need to get over before they're ready to buy a membership. Um, so we've really structured our entire marketing acquisition strategy largely around email marketing because it really gives us the space to convey those educational messages that we need to lead with to show pet owners why they can trust trusted house sitters and answer any questions that they might have. And um, so a lot of our channels like search and social are geared up towards driving leads rather than driving kind of direct acquisition. And then those leads come into our email programs and we nurture and educate our leads through that way. So I'd say maybe 30, 40% of our acquisition revenue comes from email marketing. Amazing. So can we yeah. break that down a little bit more? So you've got your twice daily alerts to let them know yep. what sits are coming up. Uh, yep. What else have you got in terms of that nurture? What else is in your send strategy? Yeah. So we break down all the emails that we um, deliver by owners and sitters. So those are the two sides of our networks that we're delivering marketing or membership communications to. So as soon as you sign up um, to kind of register your interest in Trusted House Sitters, so you haven't bought your membership yet, but you've given us your email address, you want to hear more, you go into a lead nurture program for both sides of the network that lasts for about 30 days. Um, and they're very tailored towards the two different segments. So for owners, it's all about sharing reviews. So trust pilot reviews are so important. So reading reviews from other owners who have used the service to give that kind of social proof, which is so important, as well as really how it works and, and why it works. And um, so, yeah, social proof and member stories, massive for that. On the sitter side, it's much more about the inspiration. So we pull through 
top sips for the day. So, you know, amazing opportunities in Fiji or uh, Bali or wherever the great sits of the day are, um, which we share in email. And what's really interesting about the way that we do that, so we've got these automated programs, but we also still build three times a week manual emails that pull together the top sits of the day. Um, and you would kind of think, why, you know, why are we doing that? That's taking up a huge amount of time. But those emails perform so well that it's actually worth spending a couple of hours three times a week on putting those together. Yeah. And you have such a great feedback loop with those Monday meetings and knowing what's working and what's not working. It allows you, I guess, to adjust that as you go. And if you do need to add in an extra email, if you need to change the content that you're putting in one of those future emails or adjust your strategy, it would allow you to do that. Absolutely. So because we operate in over 130 countries, being a small team based in Brighton, it means we really need to keep our finger on the pulse of what's happening all over the world, which can be really difficult. Um, so, yeah, so we need to be aware of kind of what's happening in one particular region. So, for example, we've been testing a lot of messaging around a staycation for our UK um, prospects at the moment because that everyone's got the Brexit blues, no one knows what's <laughs> happening. A lot of travel companies are reporting that they're seeing fewer holidays being booked. So um, we are reacting to that kind of on a week by week basis as well um, in our messaging. So yeah, that's just kind of one example of what we would kind of tailor as on a weekly basis. Fantastic. And I think that's a great example of, you know, we always talk about personalization and using the data. And I'm going to ask you about that in a second. Mm -hmm. But that's a great example of listening to the industry, looking at what's going on and tailoring your messaging around that as well. That's so important important to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think particularly from email marketing, you need to, you really need to have that awareness because, you know, we're, we're delivering email comms to the States, for example. And if there's been, you know, a natural disaster, it can be actually quite brand damaging not to realize that you shouldn't be delivering particular emails at, at a certain time and to pull back or when it's right to increase your frequency. So yeah, having that wider awareness that goes beyond your business is so important. I absolutely love that. And you know, I've actually, I've seen a, a slight differentiation of that recently with mm. Mother's Day and things like that. Mm. So, you know, obviously slightly different from perhaps what you would do in your business in the tailoring. But I've yeah. seen brands starting to actually have an understanding of the people on their database. And this is exactly what you're doing. Are people, they're not just numbers on there. You've got to understand what's important to them. So I've seen brands recently sending out communication saying, hey, you know, we're about to ramp up towards Mother's Day. If you don't yeah. want to receive these communications, because we understand it can be a really difficult time for people if you've perhaps lost your mom or, you know, things like that. And people don't want to receive those types of messages. And they're giving people the opportunity to opt out just of that that messaging stream and it's so important to bring it into their real life which is exactly what you're doing by adjusting that content as you go exactly I, I totally agree I think Bloom and Wild were the first to roll that out last Mother's Day and I was looking at another brand this morning that's done the same I think it might be Paper Joe's but I can't quite remember um, with Father's Day coming up and yeah to us you know we're sending out a send that might be going to hundreds of thousands of people but to the to the member or to the customer that is a personal message to them so making sure that we remember that there's a real person on the end of every email is so important yeah and it's the same with um retargeting so i always use there's mm. two examples that i use the first is if you were browsing the internet for example for an engagement ring you wouldn't yeah. really want to be retargeted <laughs> with ads about engagement rings because if your partner then goes onto your laptop or even i've seen if my husband has searched something i then get retargeting messages 
messages on my mobile. So it's doing it on right. the IP address that you're that you're on. So you've got to be so careful with that. Or the other one is if you go on to Amazon, for example, or you know any mm-hmm. other department store, and you buy a toilet seat, do you really want to be retargeted with more toilet seats? You're probably only going to buy one, maybe two, if you're lucky, you know, yeah. at a time. You've got to understand that behavior and what's important. Yeah, I think the Amazon example is such a funny one because you would think with how huge Amazon are and how much data that they have that they wouldn't retarget yeah. you with the toilet seats, but they, they do. do. So, I, <laughs> so I suppose it's all about just applying a level of common sense and just the human touch rather than 100% relying on data. Yeah, think it through. Absolutely. So, yeah. But using that data. So I would have thought with the way that your community is, the way that your business is set up, having that mm. level of personalization, perhaps based on the animals they like or dislike, or the regions that they want to travel to, or I'm sure you've got a world of other data there as well. You know, what kind of data do you bring in and how do you use it to personalize the sets that you show them or the opportunities Mm -hmm. that are presented within those emails? What's your strategy there? So our strategy is all about finding the balance between what members through their data tell us they want to see, but then also what we can recommend to them, which will help them get, particularly for new members, help them get started on the platform. So it's that balance, which can be a fine line to walk, definitely, because you know, as a new member, you might hear about trusted house sitters and think, great, I want to go to France for two weeks, look after a cat in August. And because we're not a traditional booking site, it just doesn't work like that. The, the opportunities are based on when owners are available. So we encourage members, we take their preferences, and we let them let us know what they want to see. But we'll also serve up sits that are maybe nearby them that are starting soon um, that are a great way for a new member to get started because you can meet the owner, your local, all the rest of it. So it's really about finding that balancing act that will benefit their kind of network as a whole. Intelligence, energizing your email marketing with Kate Barrett. For more specialist advice to help you create email marketing that gets results, visit e-focusmarketing.com. So a lot of these emails that you're talking about, you've you've talked about the manual emails that you send every week Mm. for inspiration as well. That's so important. But a lot of them are automated campaigns. So Mm -hmm. what would you say is your top performing automation triggered campaign that you have running? Yeah, so we run a huge amount of automations that are all related to the kind of actions that members take on the platform. So, I mean, our top one, it's not very exciting, but our top trigger campaign, we send hundreds of these a day, is when a member has received a new message into their uh, trusted house sitter's inbox. So it's letting them know that as an owner, they've received a new application or maybe as a sitter um, who's applied for a sit, the owner has messaged them back. And being quick off the mark when you receive an application or when you receive mm, a message yeah. back from the owner is so important. So that immediacy of, right, I've got that email going straight on the platform because I want to read my message. So that is probably our most popular, but re- really any action that you take will, will largely result in a triggered email. Um, so for example, if a using the example of when an owner receives an application from a sitter will send through the link to that sitter's profile so that they can go in and have a look at who it is that has applied and similarly if an owner has then confirmed a sitter we'll send off a email to all the other sitters that applied just to let them know that that owner has now chosen their sitter they weren't successful this time but here's some more sits that you might want to think about applying for next so it's all about thinking about what is the member's uh, kind of frame of mind at that time what's their next best action and including that within the email. Brilliant. So with all of that in mind, what have you got coming up next? What are you working on that you can share with us? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, we do quite a lot of personalization based on country um, and the side of the network. Um, but really for us, it's all about getting much, much more targeted around that. So it could be to the extent of, right, so we know this person is in the States, but actually members in New York need a different message to members in LA, for example. So personalizing on a deeper deeper basis is definitely a big one for us. And then moving away from those manual sends that we are doing. So even though they do bring in the revenue, they, they do take up quite a lot of time in terms of putting them together. So working with our engineering team to see what can they feed into um, the um, ESP in order for us to kind of cut down that manual time so that we can focus on more of the reactive stuff and just have the confidence that those automated campaigns are doing what they need to do. Yeah, fantastic. So automating your manual campaigns a little bit more to help kind yeah. of cut down that, that time. But you've still got to plan that strategy behind it and, and obviously put all of your expertise into it. So when you're, mm. when you're doing all of that, what do you find is the biggest challenge? You know, you've got so much going on here. How do you mm. manage it all? And what's your biggest challenge that you come up against other than cats climbing on you during interviews? I'm surprised mine hasn't yet. <laughs> yeah. um, I'd say that our biggest challenge is the balance of priority within the business as a whole. So as marketing team, we try and be as reactive and as quick as we can be. Uh, but we've also got an engineering team that have a huge roadmap of work that they also need to be delivering um, of work that spans the website, the app, the, the kind of underlying tech stack. So it's all about finding the balance between what do we need our engineering team for and what data should they be feeding in? What triggers do we need? What behaviors do we need to be tracking? Um, or what can we just do ourselves? but to still make sure that it's all joined up in that way. Um, so uh, for us, communication between the two teams and across the business is just absolutely key, just to make sure that the members are all getting a consistent experience and that we're prioritizing our workload in a way that benefits the most amount of members as well. Yeah, it's such a common challenge that, you know, as a marketing mm -hmm. department, there's so much that you want to implement. But like you say, you know, your tech team is split across your whole business, not just for your email marketing stuff. So exactly. you've got to brief it in and wait your turn, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, gathering data is just absolutely key. Now, if we want to get a piece of work done, we have to put together a bit of a business case that just shows, you know, our members asking for this. Is it thought through as well as it possibly could be? Have we explored all options of how this could be implemented to really make sure that we're focusing in on the things that are going to benefit the platform the most? Fantastic. So, I mean, for that, from a technology side of VC, any way that you can get more resources into there, that you can get help to move that through or just get it briefed in so that it's in the queue and ready so that when you get exactly. to six months time when you know they've got time to do it it's in there already but I know that you've had you've had kind of consultancy help and external help to bring expertise mm -hmm. into the team to learn from so how did you find that process? Um, so working with a consultant allowed us to um, get that deep expertise that, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So at that point, we thought we were doing okay. Email was bringing in some revenue, but we didn't have any visibility around things like deliverability, which is something that an email expert will be able to give you a lot of knowledge on, but you might not even know that that's something that you need to be looking at. So following that expertise, we've done things like implementing the return path IP certification, uh, which has benefited our inbox placement and that gives us so much insight that we just didn't know we were missing. So, yeah, I would definitely say that working with an email expert will really help you realize 
how much how much complexity I suppose there is to email marketing. It's not just about putting something together and firing off to your entire database. That's the opposite of what you should be doing. So yeah, that expertise is so insightful. Fantastic. Yeah. I think that it's it's exactly what you said. You don't know what you don't know. So it's being able yeah. to plug those gaps and using a consultant or an agency like eFocus Marketing who can help you to bridge those gaps. So that's fantastic. Mm. And you mentioned there about return path and getting certified. Mm-hmm. So how's that process been for you? Yeah, it's been great. So after we, um, it took us a while to be ready for that. So you really have to be doing everything or as many things right as you possibly can to get on that program, which makes it even more kind of rewarding when you do manage to get on it because you know that what you're doing is kind of the right things. So in the lead up to applying for the certification, we did things like update our privacy policy, as well as looking at our send volumes and the, the lead capture. So it really goes beyond what you're just doing on the email side, but it's also where is that data coming from? Is it compliant? Are you kind of across all the various kind of rules and regulations, including GDPR? Um, so we were accepted onto the program two years ago now. Um, and from there, we've seen um, a huge benefit to our um, e- email performance. So our inbox placement has gone up. Um, and really getting that data is so useful as well because often you just don't know. If you have a if you had bad week on email performance, for example, if without that data, you, you're flying blind. You don't know what it is that's caused that or what it is that you, you need to be looking at. Um, something I find really useful from the return path tools is that you actually get an email every day that gives you your inbox trend across the main mailboxes. And just being able to check on that just for 10 seconds every day, just, okay, good, all looks good. I know I don't need to look at that is, is really, really useful. Fantastic. So you've got that. You've got Salesforce Marketing Clouds, did you say as well? That's right. Fantastic. So what other tools are you using in your, your email box? Yeah. So the other tool that we've just started using this year is Live Clicker. So Live Clicker provide on open real time email personalization, I guess is how you would describe it. Um, so the reason that I was really keen to start working with Live Clicker is that they offer a huge amount of um, kind of personalization and dynamic content options, um, ranging from video in email, which is so cool, um, as well as personalizing images, um, as well as things like weather and countdown timers that a lot of providers are offering now. So I felt like it offered real value to the business in terms of driving up conversion by creating urgency and personalizing personalization, sorry, um, as well as just providing that extra sprinkle of surprise and delight to our emails. Okay, not everything has to be really, really serious. Sometimes you can do something that's just going to make um, your members or your customers smile because it, it, you know, that benefits your brand as a whole. So that, yeah, that's the reason that we started working with Live Clicker and we've seen some great results from that. Brilliant. And you should surprise and delight them. That should be a key part of your strategy because it's yeah. relationship building, isn't it? Exactly. And it's yeah. moving forward so that when you come to ask them for that sale further down the line, they know you, they like you, they trust you. You know, as brands, I think sometimes we forget that and it is really important. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Fantastic. So which email marketing do you admire? Which companies have got programs that you watch out for, that you look out for in your inbox? Oh, that's a really good question. I should have been ready for that one. (laughs) Um, You know what I do use, actually? This is kind of answering your question, but I use a tool called Really Good Emails. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that, but they... um, 
they collate a lot of what brands are doing and then they'll send you a daily digest of particular themes or campaigns that have caught their eye and it, it lets you see kind of across the across the board what what um, other brands are doing and it's also a really great resource if you're putting together a particular type of email for the first time so say you're working on a sale email or I don't know, a, like a booking confirmation email and you wanted to see what other brands are doing on their website, you can search those keywords and it will bring up like a whole raft of other um, email campaigns in that style that they kind of have liked, kind of the best in class stuff. Um, so that's a resource that I use a lot, actually. Fantastic. That's a really great tip. And they do have a whole yeah. wealth of different examples that are really great to look at and get some inspiration from for your own campaign. So fantastic. Yeah, so other than that, then, so other than getting inspiration from other places, what's mm-hmm. your number one email marketing tip that you would uh, leave our listeners and watchers with today? Yeah, so I'd say my number one tip, it's something that we touched on earlier, but it's really just remembering that your email recipients are real people, whether you're in B2B or whether you're in B2C or whatever the type of marketing is that you're doing. You know, there's, you'll have hundreds or thousands of records in your database, but sometimes it's good as an email marketer, I would say, take off your email marketing hat and put on your (laughs) consumer hat. Think about how you like to be communicated with and and remember that um, your customers or your your contacts are in exactly the same boat. The reason that I kind of had this revelation um, quite recently is I was putting together an email that I was penning in my own Gmail to a member who I just happened to be in touch with. And the, the style that I was writing it, I suddenly realized that I I wasn't writing it in the way that we would write an email marketing campaign. And that really just was a light bulb moment for me of, hang on, we should be much more human in the way that we're, it shouldn't just be hurry, don't miss out. You wouldn't necessarily write that in a one-to-one message. So why would you in a message that's going out to a wider group? Of course, you've got to, you know, you've got to test and you've got to learn. And sometimes it is appropriate to be a bit more promotional, but also just think about as a consumer, how would you like to be kind of communicated to and, and what would you like to see? Yeah, really understand your audience. I think that is just a fantastic tip and a great place to leave the interview. So thank you so much, Catherine, for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for all your tips and everything that you've shared. And good luck with everything at Trusted House Sitters. Thank you so much. It's great talking to you today. Thank you. Intelligence. Energising your email marketing with Kate Barrett. Head to our website for downloads and show notes, e-focusmarketing.com slash intelligence.